Stevenson centers, and the loose puck was put on. Rebound shot blocked. Now Eichel scores. The third rebound goes for Eichel. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Marcia Sillwright to the circle. White Cloud shoots. He scores. Doing his best. Jack Eichel finds the opening. Top shelf. Sharp angle for White Cloud. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Ballard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the We are at T-Mobile Arena getting set for the preseason home opener for the Vegas Golden Knights. Chapman was over at the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio where there is obviously a delay. What was with the pause before the woo? Well, I had to take a deep breath before I did it. Why don't you... Take the deep breath while he's doing the intro. Like, well, I, I, nothing changes. Well, yeah, but if I take the deep breath too early, I have to, you know, exhale. So You can't you, hold your breath you for no. more need, than a second and a half? No, you shouldn't need a no. deep breath to woo. Yeah, that was... Well, I have to make it good. I can't just mm. I can't just be like a like a wimpy... He woo. was a subpar woo to kick off the week was it on a, was it subpar? Insider Show. Was it, wasn't, it wasn't great. It wasn't really? Great. It was awkward. It was yeah. awkward. Well, hey, we got a applause? lot going on today. We got a lot going on. Uh, we are going to open up the phone lines, and we are going to hear from you. Uh, the preseason opening schedule uh, launched last night in Denver, uh, the first of seven games, and the 3-1 uh, loss to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, a whole bunch to get into there, and then we'll get into tonight, where we're going to see Jack Eichel with Phil Kessel for the first time. Brendan Brisson is going to skate, and he's going to skate with a couple of original VGK players. We're going to see what is predicted to be at this point coming into camp the starting goaltenders, mm. one and one A in Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill. Uh, a whole bunch to get to, uh, so you can have your say on that or something totally different as we open up the phone lines. Yeah, 702-876-1340 is the number. If you'd like to join us, it is your segment. This is where you bring your questions, your opinions about the Vegas Golden Knights every single week. This is by design for you. Now, I, I, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm in the rink. You, you feel the energy. It's my first opportunity looking at the new Center Ice logo in person. Love it. It's fantastic. And you don't really, you don't really get the energy until you're in the building for the first time after a summer. I'm jacked up for this game tonight. I cannot wait because it is going to be a little bit more veteran heavy of a lineup for the Vegas Golden Knights. The Kings are bringing some stars, and it's going to hopefully provide with a lot of entertainment tonight. And at some point uh, during the next two hours, we're going to roll in some sound from Bruce Cassidy talking about the play of Michael Hutchinson and whether or not that complicates or makes the goaltending battle a little bit more interesting. Paul Cotter scored the only goal last night. Bruce Cassidy will comment on his performance, on Cotter's performance, uh, played in seven games a year ago, scored a couple of goals. Brendan Brisson uh, will speak to his preseason debut for the Vegas Golden Knights, and Chapman catches up with Shea Theodore and uh, chats about what is going to occur and uh, what uh, Shea Theodore, the veteran 
defenseman is looking for. So uh, a nice little mix between uh, sound from the principals and your segment over the next two hours. Yeah, and I'm really intrigued and curious about where people are going to go with that first preseason game last night against the Colorado Avalanche. 702-876-1340. It's your segment. It's your time. Let's head out to the phone lines and bring in, you guessed it, Mike. Hi, guys. You know that I've seen almost every practice in the last five years, and I, I don't want to have too much of a man crush yet on, on Mr. Cassidy, but the truth is I've never seen these guys perform at the level they're performing. And I'm not talking about guys trying to make a team. I'm talking about Jack Eichel and Riley Smith and Jonathan Marcheseau and everybody. Have you guys, I know you've noticed the uh, uptick in enthusiasm this season. Well, uptick in enthusiasm, yeah. But what I've really taken note of is just the pace when they're out on the ice, when they're before us. Uh, It's been an interesting approach to the workouts, Mike. Uh, The idea that they do video they go through the practice plan, and then they come out, and they're out there for about 35 minutes. There's a flood, and while that flood is taking place, resurfacing with the two uh, Zambonis, the players are back in the locker room, in the video room with the coaches, going over the next practice plan and the video that they're going to work on. So there's not that uh, that pause during a workout where people can get the water, do a whiteboard, and then go through it. It's go, 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 go. And uh, Bruce Cassidy uh, told me that he's always subscribed to that uh, that theory of you use your time on the ice, uh, on the blades, uh, to its maximum, and not a lot of standing around. So it's it's been it's been noticeable, that's for sure. And I'm glad you picked up on that. Oh, absolutely. And one more thing: if you're Nick Hague's agent, yeah, what do you say to him right now? Well, they obviously have a number that they want to get to, whether it's in term or whether it's in dollars, Mike, and they uh, want to get to that figure and. If I'm the agent, I'm probably telling them, be patient, and and we'll work through this. The Golden Knights have their own list of criteria in term and dollars that they can't go beyond, and there there's a gap there. Uh, if you're Nick Hag, you're hoping that you can you can wiggle your way towards your number, and the agent will certainly be uh, in contact with them and telling them that uh, that believe in the process, and hopefully we can get there. There's no guarantee in this. We've seen players uh, at a certain point move off their goal. We've seen teams move off the goal. I don't know what's going to happen, who's going to blink first in this, but uh, there will be definitely some um, uh, arm around the shoulder, hang in there, we're going to be good. And uh, I, I've dealt with it as, as a person going through these negotiations. It's not the most pleasant uh, of, of situations, but uh, you, you do got to believe in, in your leadership, which would be Nick's agent, and, and in, in the process that you're going through. Well, thanks, guys. It's exciting to be home for the first game. It really is. That's awesome. There's Mike. Uh, thanks for joining us. He always gets through first, he was telling yeah. me the other day. No problem getting through first. But when we have tickets to give away, <laughs> he's never that lucky caller. The I, problem is we very rarely say, hey, the first caller gets through wins the tickets. You know, it, part of me wants to do an experiment in, in that when we give away tickets today. We do have a four-pack of, of Vegas 
San Jose tickets to give away later on in the program for Friday night. So maybe we'll test out that theory. I don't know. Uh, but I think you hit it right on the head. It's all about patience when it yeah. comes to Nick Hager at this point because you've, you've kind of dug in thus far. It, it doesn't really seem like unless you get to your number that – it's worked or accomplished the goal. If you want to accomplish the goal, you have to be willing to dig in. Keep in mind, mile marker one is the start of training camp. Mm -hmm. He has not missed any paychecks yet. Nope. So that is the big one that starts with the regular season. Uh, He would like to be in camp. The Golden Knights would love him to be in camp. Yeah. But the most significant one will be the start of training camp. And then beyond, beyond that, Every game that he misses, every day that he misses, uh, dollars come off the check. And then, then it gets kind of real when yep. it comes to your, your pocketbook. Uh, back to the phone lines. Stephanie, welcome to the VGK Insider Show. Hi, guys. How are you doing? doing We're great. awesome. Good. So, first off, um, be a little nicer to Chapman. That wasn't a bad woo today. It was, it was the pause that bothered me. Yeah, but it was a good woo. So, just... just Timing. Everybody's getting back into the swing of things because it's still preseason. Okay. Um, but last night, um, one of the players, um, I, I said it during the post-game show, um, before everything kind of just fell apart with penalties um, everywhere, uh, Jonas Ronberg was doing really well. Um, and then also, um, Mike Hutchinson looked really good. Um, had a lot of good saves, had a lot of... Um, um, like multiple saves, you know, one one off the other, getting the initial save and then getting the rebound. So um, that gave me a lot of confidence in him if he ends up being one of the goalies that uh, we do see playing often. Well, he's got the experience, Stephanie, more than uh, than the other guys uh, that he's battling with right now. So he can lean on that. That's one of the reasons why you start him in the first preseason game with a young lineup is you can lean on that a little bit. Now he's... He's tossed a perfect performance out there. It's up to the likes of Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill to answer that in this in this battle. And all of a sudden, it gets it gets interesting really fast on the goaltending front. Say somebody comes out tonight and they don't have their best stuff. Well, we'll be looking at that. The coaches will be looking at that. Uh, was last night a one-off for... Uh, the like of Michael Hutchison, the next time he goes in, if he's lights out again, then we, we've got a battle. Yeah, and, and I think, honestly, that's kind of the most important thing when it comes to goaltending in this camp. You want the three guys that you can envision starting or on the roster for the Vegas Golden Knights going into game one to be pushing themselves. Michael Hutchinson laid that baseline out yesterday. He was great, and now it's going to be up to Logan Thompson, Aiden Hill, to kind of rise to that challenge, rise to that occasion. And you've got six more games and plenty more opportunities for all the goaltenders to lay their best foot forward, and that's really what it's going to come down to. We've heard Bruce Cassidy say it. The goaltenders are going to determine who's playing and who isn't if you give them long enough to figure it out. They've got six more games to kind of get there. I'm, a, I'm very much curious to see how that's going to play out because Michael Hutchinson, to my surprise, put out the exact type of outing you wanted to see from him last night. You've got six games yeah. to go. We know, Stephanie, that uh, Hill and Thompson will play tonight. That leaves five games left. I would be shocked if somebody other than Hutchinson, Hill, or Thompson playing any of those five games. Yeah, I really think that last night definitely made it clear that they need to be focusing on 
who the two goalies they're going to have are and not quite so much who they're going to have in Henderson. Right. And, and you know what? I don't want to get ahead of ourselves either. Like, I'm not saying that Michael Hutchison is the guy uh, or by any means that he has a lead on Hill or, or Thompson, but he put out the first performance. Now it's up to everybody else to follow up on that. And when we're done the seven games, we'll, we'll see uh, exactly where things fall into, into shape. If everybody's equal... Well, that's a, that's a good decision for the head coach. Uh, but you've heard Bruce Cassidy say the players, and, and Kelly McCrimmon's a big believer in this, the players usually on their body of work will make the decision for the head coaches. It may not uh, uh, be just in seven games. It may be the first two weeks of the regular season. Uh, but uh, but I think that, that, uh, that I'm, a, I'm a believer in, in, in that philosophy as well. Thanks, Stephanie. Appreciate it. Uh, lines are open, 702-876-1340. We'll get back to the phone calls in just uh, a little bit. It was nice to see Yuri Patera mm-hmm. uh, in goal last night. He made his uh, National Hockey League preseason debut. Yep. It, it was weird because I was looking up. Uh, last night there was four guys that, that had never played in a preseason game before that suited up for the, for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patera was one of them, but we'd seen him up. Yeah, a bunch last year. Yeah. But he never played in a preseason game <laughs> and hasn't played in a regular season game, but he's yeah. backing up. Uh, Dorofiev was another one who actually played in last year's season opener yeah. for Vegas yeah. because they got so decimated by injuries, they had to work things around uh, the salary cap. He didn't play any of the preseason games mm-hmm. a year ago mm-hmm. and then got to go in game number one yep. because his salary fit and his position fit and uh, his skills fit uh, that, that very specific need that the, the Vegas Golden Knights had. And he played two games uh, last year. Uh, and then you had uh, uh, Morozov and Dean who, mm-hmm. who made their preseason debuts. And Dean was one that caught my eye. One, because uh, I was interested in, in how he would play, but he was around the puck yeah. a, a, a lot uh, in, in pushing some plays forward. But also on the penalty kill. They were shorthanded so much last night that we got to see uh, the versatility and the all-around game of, uh, of the first-round pick from two years ago. Yeah, it was Zach Dean. I mean, you, you know, Paul Cotter ends up scoring the power play goal, but it's really Zach Dean and Jake LeCision that go to yeah. work down low that, that extend a couple of plays that lead to that power play opportunity. And those are the things you want to see from Zach Dean being around the puck is great but you, you know you're talking about 18 just about 17 minutes or so of of shorthanded time for the Vegas Golden Knights going into last last night Zach Dean had a fair amount of that penalty kill time that's a lot of hard minutes on a young player but the fact that you can do those things and also have an impact on the game offensively that's really the, what it's a, what's a, what it's about for one of those young players I hope the referees take a little bit more conservative approach so do I uh, Last night there wasn't a lot of penalties that I had a big issue with. Yeah. But let's let's just back off a touch. Just from an evaluation standpoint, it's really difficult, especially with how little everybody's worked on special teams so far this year. Back to the lines. Uh, Henderson Frank, thanks for joining us uh, on the VGK Insider Show on this Monday. Hey, guys. Hey, great to be here. Hey, um, you know what? I, that's exactly what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about that Dean kid. Boy, what a playmaker. I mean, just watching him play. He just seems like he knows where he needs to be and what he needs to do. And does he is he a, is he a center or is he a left wing? Uh, he can play both. I th- well, you know, I called last week. I, I had said, uh, "I wonder who's going to be a five star left winger." And let me tell you, 
I, if that kid moves into that slot, boy, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him to to either try and stay on or or, or get or get into this get on this roster uh, real soon to uh, to play for this team. It's fantastic. I'll be, I'll be honest, Henderson Frank, uh, Frank, if I can call you and be a little bit more yeah. personal. Uh, there, <laughs> yeah. There's not really a path to play down the middle right now uh, with this organization because it's, it's so stacked up. We've got veteran centers that are playing uh, on the walls right now, so the wing would be the the logical choice. Right, and I will tell you this, you know, after watching the game last night, you know, I seen there was a lot of rookies and, and some guys that were in there, Roy and uh, Wah and all those guys, uh, you know, they, you know, you expect to get what they would get out of them, but do you think that tonight's game, with depending on who's going to play, you, you're saying that Eichel's playing and, and, and all the big boys are playing, um, do, you, do you expect that the Knights have to have pressure with going out and producing some sort uh, sort of game tonight, uh, and, and in order to see how things are shaping up with Bruce Cassidy and, and the lines that he has, or do you think that tonight's just a uh, you know just go out there and just uh, just play and and we'll see what happens kind of game? Well, I think you can go from line to line tonight and answer that question differently. It's game two of the preseason to be talking about pressure this early. Uh, normally would be a little over the top. But if you're Paul Cotter and you're coming off a great game last night, there's pressure on Paul Cotter to follow that up and make sure that he shows the coach that there's the potential to put some consistent effort on top of a great effort. On the flip side, Jack Eichel and Phil Kessel, there's not pressure on that duo tonight they're easing their way into the preseason they know that they have spots on the team look at uh, look at their careers and look at their salary but there's also um, instead of pressure there's anticipation and excitement to see those two players together and from their own standpoint uh, anticipation to to skate together and see what they can come up with so for the younger players it's it's about pushing as hard as possible for Paul Cotter it's about being as good, if not better, every single opportunity that he gets. For the more established players, like the Jack Eichels, the Phil Kessels, the guys that know they are on this team day one and they're going to be on this team for 82 games, it's about building. It's about getting your feet wet tonight and then building upon each successive game that you get through the preseason. And a lot of the, a lot of the things that you're going to focus in on when it comes to a, a Jack Eichel or Phil Kessel and a Riley Smith in this regard can they build chemistry over their starts in the preseason? Because that's going to be an aspect that I think is important for this team. The lineup that Bruce Cassidy has, at least for the first part of preseason, provides a lot of balance. But the only way it's going to work is if you can start to develop and build that chemistry. So here's, here's the, the pressure, if you want to call it that, on Jack Eichel and Phil Kessel and Riley Smith. They're aligned to start this training camp. They had instant chemistry. But will they be aligned at the end of training camp? If they want to play together, if they really uh, have a strong desire to make that align, well, there's pressure to produce. Because these seven preseason games, every single night, you're going to see combinations that, that Bruce Cassidy hopes will click. This going out of the gate is one. And I'm going to get into the line and the and how Bruce Cassidy came up with that uh, three-man unit uh, later in the show. But if it doesn't work 
tonight, if it's not going great, I don't think he'll break it up mid-game. But we may not see it again. Mm-hmm. He may he may alter that. So the the pressure is if they want this to work, the guys Phil and and Jack want to play together, or Riley wants to play with Jack. Well, there's there's a little bit of impetus to make it happen right away. And I, if I'm Phil Kessel, if I'm Riley Smith looking at this opportunity, I want to play with Jack Eichel. You're going to do everything in your power to find that chemistry, hold on to it, and make it work. So, you know, pressure is such an interesting word choice because there's a lot of reasons to have pressure. Game number two of the preseason is not one in my estimation. I think it's different for individual players. There's, there's going to be pressure, right, on Logan Thompson, and there's going to be pressure on Aiden Hill getting into this game, having a good showing. continuing to move in the right direction of where they want to be at the end of this training camp. But do you have to go out and and be the perfect player tonight? No. Because I don't think anyone's going to be the perfect player two games into the preseason schedule. No, but some guys have to be near that to get another preseason game. Some guys have to be near that to grab the coach's attention. They they do. If, If you want... Daniil Miramanov last year sure, was outstanding. He got himself a couple of extra games and got into the National Hockey League during the regular season because of his play in this exact situation last year. That was answering the pressure. Otherwise, if he was having a regular game or an off night, we may not have ever seen Daniel Miramanov last year. In relation, though, to Frank's call, the the veteran players on this team. I, I yeah. don't view it as needing to be 100% of Jack Eichel. If you're 75% of Jack Eichel, 60% of Jack Eichel tonight, I still think that you can build on what you need to with your line mates to prove that it could work, but you don't have to be mid-season form Jack Eichel tonight. There's no pressure on Jack Eichel to be that guy. No, but there's ramifications if he's not that guy. Or if Phil's not that guy, or Riley's not in his game, and the ramifications are, is Wednesday or Friday, whenever they play again, mm-hmm. they not may not be a three-man unit again. That's the ramification. They're on the team. Yeah, They're going to play in a top-six role, but are they the three guys going out there tonight? So there's a, there's a little bit of something being at stake. With, with the three of them going into tonight. No no danger of being cut. Yeah. No danger of being traded. No danger of, of being sent down uh, by any means. But I, we're, we're, we're not in a situation where the lines or there's three lines, two lines, that are written in stone. Sure. And like other years. That's not the case right now. I, I don't think other than Carrier... Colasar on that fourth line. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's a, a, a pairing or or a tandem that's all together. And I'm not mentioning that the 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 center on that line. Yeah, because I think that could be in flux too. Well, I think that is really kind of dependent on a, a lot of different things, and there's so many variables at play. But how long is that going to take to get used to for the players? Because it hasn't really been that way for the last two seasons, right? Like, we've had a pretty clear idea of what the top line was going to look like, what the second line was going to look like, and it was just about getting your reps in, right? Yeah. How, if you're, That's if, two years for us, sure. for the players. 
they've lived that they've lived the opposite for their entire lives. That's fair. Basically, no, it's fair. Coming in, I, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I, I, it's hard for me to assign the word pressure. I get the ramifications. I understand where you're coming from, 100. percent If you're looking at that trio specifically, Riley Smith, Jack Eichel, and Phil Kessel, they have to have something in the way that they play tonight that tells Bruce Cassidy. I think this can work. Yeah. We have to go back to it the next time that they play together. I'm, I'm fully admitting and, and understanding of that. I just think for a team that has had such high expectations, that word two games into preseason doesn't work for me. There's no guarantee that he doesn't go back to this, mm-hmm. but it, I'm talking about Eichel, Smith, and Kessel. Mm-hmm. And this is the example that that we're using because that's the perceived one A. Sure. Best player, Eichel. I'll, I'll give him the top line status. Uh, if it doesn't click tonight, I have no doubt that Bruce Cassidy takes a, a look and tries something else. Mm-hmm. Now that may not work either. Sure. And he may come back to them. Yep. But the idea that you just go out in other years with the Misfits or Stevenson Stone and Pacioretty, and you do you play your game, and maybe you don't score, maybe you do score. Uh, there, there was no talk or thought process of of changing that up. Mm-hmm. That's not the case here tonight. They are looking for lines that they can carry into the regular season in the second week of October, and right now we don't have that. So. Which is a great thing. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's an, it's an open book. It's new. I, I don't. I don't want to paint that as anything uh, other than it's. It's a really cool situation for the head coach who's new himself to try some things out with some players who are fresh on the scene. This is never linear. Like these things are never linear. But there's six games, including tonight. At what point do you feel like Bruce Cassidy wants the tweaking? ahead of the regular season to stop? Or is it just something that's going to continue into maybe the first week or two of of the regular season? He would love for those three players that we've centered on to yeah. go out and light it up tonight. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, that's that's good. We, we've got that taken care of. Yeah. And then they can work their way towards the the Mark Stone, Chandler Stevenson unit and with Jonathan Marcheseau, which has been looked at during the course of the training camp. We're not going to see that line tonight. No. Marshall is going to play uh, with William Carlson and Brandon Brisson. Yeah. Uh, by no means do I think that that's going to be a line going forward. It's a chance to get Brandon Brisson, uh his feet wet. Uh, but uh, so if they if they can get the Eichel line good, then they focus on on Stone, Stevenson, and Marshall, mm-hmm. who haven't played a ton together. Sure. Does that one work? If that, if that one doesn't work, do you interchange with the Eichel line a little bit. I'll tell you a story that uh, that, that Bruce Cassidy said today. Uh, do we do we have that sound, Chapman, talking about uh, the lines? Cause he, N- no, no, okay. I don't have that. All right. Because he said it, Bruce said it really well today, talking about Eichel and Kessel mm-hmm. and Smith. That line wasn't put together as a we want these three playing together. Okay. It was more a byproduct or dominoes of putting other lines together. 
Now, I don't want you to get the impression that they put everybody else together and these were the three players (laughs) left. That's not the case. Can you imagine? But they were putting combinations together, Mm -hmm. and they they were looking at uh, playing Marcheseau away from Smith and, Mm -hmm. and, and Carlson. So the way things went, it almost ended up being, oh, there's... That could be a line, sure. Eichel, Smith, and Kessel. That 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 could work. So, because it wasn't that no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I see Riley Smith really gelling the way these guys play, and and Kessel uh, being a, a, a goal scorer or a shooter, and the, he can connect uh, with with Jack, and mm-hmm. he can go up and down the ice. It 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 wasn't that. Yeah, and I love that 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 Bruce told us that because you always kind of think in the back of your mind, I wonder what the coach sees, why he puts those guys together, and yeah. and uh, where's where's the logic uh, that that makes him snap his fingers and go, that would be an unbelievable first line. It wasn't the case. It was from putting everybody else together mm-hmm. on his whiteboard, and they fell into place, which also tells you that there could be adjustments as we go along here. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting way of, of kind of looking at building things out, right? Because mm. I think conventional wisdom would tell you, you start with your top line and everything else kind of falls right. into place from there. But from what it seems like Bruce Cassidy was looking at and the combinations that he was trying in the middle of the lineup. Well, he likes Stone and Stevenson together. Yeah, I, I and, and so that... So who goes with them? And that, to me, is why I'm going to end up winning mm-hmm. the line combination challenge because... I view Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone as a duo, and I just think that the two work so well together that it provides you more options of what you can put around Jack Eichel. And it gives you two solid, legitimate top lines in the NHL. So you have Stevenson and Stone together. Mm -hmm. You have Carrier on that fourth line with Colasar. So there's a duo. Yep. You have Carlson who will be on your third line mm-hmm. because he's the center and Jack's playing on the, on the first line. Yep. So you see how things are all of a sudden put together. Who works well with Colasar and uh, on, that, on that fourth line? Uh, who, who works great with Carrier? Yeah. Well, Wah, Wah works great there. Okay, we'll, we'll put him in it. Now you've got Amadio mm-hmm. left over. Does he go there? Brett Howden, yep. who plays the middle? Well, Carlson's already got the middle. Can those guys play the wing? Well, they play the wing. Who's left? Well, we like, uh, <laughs> we've got Marcheseau, Smith, and Kessel. Yeah. Who works great with Stone and Stevenson? Marcheseau had a look last year. He led this team yep. in goals. He, he was around. Uh, uh, I wondered whether they would put. Uh, somebody like Eichel with Stevenson? No, he's already packaged over with yeah. with uh, with Stone, so you slot Marshall in there, and oh, it just falls into place naturally. <laughs> at the end, when you're like putting together a puzzle, mm-hmm. it's Smith and Kessel with Eichel. We yeah. we we just basically did the exercise sure. in putting yeah. together the line. It may not be exactly how it worked with Butch Cassidy. But you see how how that came to play instead of what you talked about, top line yeah. going down. And I think that that opens it up a little bit more for experimentation and for seeing what you're getting out of those lines as you're trying them out through preseason because it doesn't seem like Bruce is married to any one thing. His goal 
is to get this team ready to play game one of the regular season and be as competitive as possible. However it shakes out, it's going to be up to the players. We've heard that mantra quite a bit over the course of, of the the training camp so far. You give the players long enough, they're going to tell you where they should be playing and who they should be playing with. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, last night's game in Denver, hmm. who jumped out at you? We've mentioned Paul Cotter. We talked about Michael Hutchison. But there is a few others that certainly grabbed uh, our attention from that defeat against the Avalanche. We'll dive into that. Plus, we've got one-timers in hour number two. And we've got a whole bunch of audio for you from Bruce Cassidy, Brendan Brisson, and a one-on-one with Shea Theodore. It's the VGK Insider Show live from T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Vegas Golden Knights, Los Angeles Kings rivalry resumes tonight. Fox Sports Las Vegas has the call. Pre-game show comes your way at 6 o'clock, and then we will drop the buck just after 7. Uh, first time that they uh, meet in this new year. Vegas obviously missed the playoffs last year. No news there. Uh, and Los Angeles had a good step forward. Can they continue that, or does it stall for a year? or two years, uh, not all the time that you, you rocket up the standings and, and keep adding to your point totals by 10, 15 more points uh, every year. I thought it was uh, interesting because I, I don't think of it this, this way. I come from the hockey background, so I, I'm more used to it. But Chapman asked a really cool question today during the morning briefing with Bruce Cassidy, and it was, do you, do you show your cards today? Or do you uh, hold something back? Mm -hmm. Now, I've been around this game for a long time. I know the answer to that. But I've never thought of it in that way. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the cool things about being uh, around the likes of, of Chapman, that he'll, he'll ask questions that, that tweak my mind where I'd think, I didn't even think of that as being news. Sure. But, but, but it was. And Bruce's answer uh, regarding this was, was really interesting, uh, coming along the lines of, well, it's, it's a preseason game. We're working on ourselves. And here is the audio of Bruce Cassidy answering the question of whether or not you hold your cards or you show them in this being a preseason game. No, we're going to play our game. I mean, um, you know, there's 82 of these, and I think the team that typically plays their game the best every night, obviously talent comes into that and goaltending, is a team that, you know, will we'll eventually get ahead. And, and they get to know how we play. It's not like football where it's a week of practice. And, you know, I just feel in, in hockey it's repetitive. Play your, play your game better than the other team plays their game. You know, make the plays at the right time. Get the key save. Special teams then comes into it. I think that's where maybe you'll, you'll be more vanilla. Special teams if you have certain things you want to run. But the five-on-five five game, no, we got to worry about us, not, not, not L.A. So build on your game. Mm -hmm. Put some wrinkles in. Add to that. You're not afraid of uh, Todd McClellan looking across and going, oh, i got to be aware of that in game 
two of the season, game one. Well, in this case, uh, game one of the season because they yep. open up against each other. Uh, I thought I thought it was a great answer. And if you're not familiar with the sport, you haven't followed it uh, your whole life, uh, you look at it like football, they would never show all their cards right. in, in football if they're playing a team that they're going to open up against. This is, this is much different. Yeah, I, I think the idea that you're just trying to reinforce the things and the habits that you want your team to play with because – as as Bruce mentioned, and I think it's something that we saw quite a bit over the course of last season with the Golden Knights battling through their injuries, is they never really got a chance to hone in and focus solely on their game. And when you are, are patching holes throughout your lineup and you're going up against teams that over the course of 82 games have had the ability to grow into what they want to play and how they want to play, it becomes more difficult. So the idea that you're just trying to hammer that home as early as possible and the confidence that Bruce Cassidy has in how he wants this team to play and understanding that if they do that and do it to their best, to the best of their ability, they're going to win hockey games, I like that. Talked to a, a few players today and said, did you watch last night? <laughs> yeah, watch. Too many penalties. Uh, we, hope that the, <laughs> we hope that there's not as many penalties uh, tonight. But last night was a, was a full 60-minute game, so we will evaluate what we can evaluate. And looking at last night, uh, you saw the likes of Paul Cotter scoring a power play goal. Mm-hmm. That was obvious. He's, he's grabbed the attention of the head coach uh, in talking to Bruce after the game last night and then today, uh, the discussion about uh, Paul Cotter. Who else? In that game, which featured a lot of penalty killing, but some power play time of their own, and in the first period was probably the most uh, five-on-five, grabbed your attention. Yeah, I I thought Ivan Morozov had a, had a pretty strong game for the Golden Knights. It, it was one of those progression games for me with Morozov. I thought his decision-making was a bit crisper, a little bit faster. I, I did like how he was in and around the puck more. His reads were, were better. And I thought that he put pucks in, in the right spot for the majority of the game. Um, so Morozov, to me, was one of those players where he looked more comfortable in that setting than he had at previous points, whether that be development camp or the rookie tournament. So that's encouraging to see. I'm not sure how much more Morozov's going to get in this setting in in the preseason, but I, I do think that you... You understand the skill set that he has, and it's there. He just needs some more time to put it all together. I'll go with the defenseman, Lucas Cormier. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, because I, he's almost a rover. He is at times. And I don't know how much they're going to reel that in yeah. or how much you just let a player like that evolve and, and, and roll with it. I'm not comparing him to Kale McCarr, but it's it's like that type of, uh, of player. Yeah, Lucas Cormier is up the ice. <laughs> And last night was no different. Yeah. He he was pushing the pace and making sure that uh, uh, and and being confident with the puck, making sure that he was uh, trying to make sure that the Colorado Avalanche were feeling that pressure. There was a couple of times though where Colorado managed to grab the puck and turn it back up and had odd man rushes, and twice Cormier was back mm-hmm. to break it up and take it away. Yeah. So those those were cool moments for me in one being assertive with the puck doing what Lucas Cormier is supposed to be doing in his time in junior and uh, at the national team with Canada he brought that to a National Hockey League preseason game but then making up or evening the odds 
where the uh, where the Colorado Avalanche had the puck. I, there was both sides of his game. And I'll throw another defenseman out there, and not necessarily for the body of work when it comes to the game, but Jake Bischoff and the amount of time he played shorthanded last night. Uh, just a hair under eight minutes of shorthanded time for Jake Bischoff, who had, had you know it had been a year since he had played a game. And, you know, again, it's one of those players that it was a long road to recovery. That's almost lo- half the time that they've played shorthanded last night. Right, exactly, exactly. And, yeah. and you know, you, you lean on a player that's been in your organization since day one, that's yeah. Jake Bischoff, and more than anything else, just a stick tap to him to get into that game, to have that experience, and, and to show up for his teammates in that regard. I want to hear his lungs like today. Oh. They must be just burning. Yeah, because Jake, absolutely. Jake didn't play last year. No. Jake uh, suffered the knee injury, a mm-hmm. broken kneecap, and and he wasn't able to to go on the ice. I think he's played seven games in the last two years. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of uh, game shape to to make up for, and to be able to go out there last night and be in that environment, I'm sure was such a relief for him. Yeah, exciting for him, fun for him, but also a challenge for him uh, in in getting back to that level. So so pretty cool. The the blue line. As a whole, mm-hmm. had a pretty good night. Yeah, because I'm going Pahal. Mm-hmm. He, he took a couple of penalties. Yeah, but he he rushed the puck and and was able to to get uh, it into the zone. I I, I enjoyed seeing that uh, part of his game that I, I'm not as familiar with. But there's some sandpaper to that guy. I like that grit. Uh, just a a little bit of. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen with mm-hmm. him. I mean, we saw it on the on the Rodriguez hit. Yeah, which I thought was one of those ones that <laughs> could have been overlooked. Yeah, the re- a lot of them were actually penalties. They they were penalties, but then we get into that into that situation where discretion yeah. factors so much into a regular season NHL game, yeah. right? It's just how it is, and you're trying to maintain some flow. Well, the referees are being judged, too. They uh, want extra yeah, time. They're, they're trying fair. to round and form. I, there's no perfect answer to it. I've made my case. I would like to see fewer <laughs> penalties, yeah. but I understand where the officials and Stephen Walkham are coming from. Yeah, and one other name I'll throw out there, Byron Frase. Drawing penalties. Keep your legs moving. Make some plays in that regard. I, again, not a perfect game by any stretch, but when you're able to – push the pace and Veteran draw guy. the teams into some some penalties they don't want to take it gives you a little bit of that advantage for a veteran guy that's trying to to kind of solidify himself whether to, with the with the AHL club i thought that that was a good showing for him last night too you know he he's comparable in my mind and this is my mind only is patrick brown byron yeah, Fraser no, and patrick I, brown i think that's fair veteran guy uh, yeah can play in, in a bunch of situations uh, with the American Hockey League, can give you that experience and, and can be reliable mm-hmm. as a call-up to the to the National Hockey League. Very similar in their roles within an organization. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that your mind came up with a good one. Thank you. I appreciate that. The The pass by Nick Waugh should not be overlooked. <laughs> well, we, we, we're focusing on a lot of the kids from, from yeah. last night. Yeah. But uh, I was standing near some other scouts mm-hmm. within uh, the the league. And I love being able to eavesdrop on them. And mm-hmm. I do like crazy. I listen to everything when I'm around good hockey people. Not surprised. And, and, and see exactly where they're leaning. There was a lot of really complimentary comments about Nick Waugh 
and the way he plays the game, being on the right side of the puck, yeah. uh, his, his pressure, his ability to take the puck away, and then the talent to add on to that offensively and complement that offensively and be able to make plays, not just on the power play goal, but that stands out because it was the only goal uh, for, for the Vegas Golden Knights, and it was a power play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want everybody to go bananas last night because of a power play goal but it is significant in the in the in the small scope that that we have but it was it was Waugh and Cotter mm-hmm. finding each other around that zone in different different spots that that made that play work because of Nick Waugh's vision yeah I, I think Nick Waugh you know kind of announced that he is he is the guy that should be giving more this year and, and I think that that's really where you know we've or at least I've settled on Nick Waugh in that if you're looking for a breakout star if you're looking for a guy that can give you more than what he gave you last year even if Nick Waugh had a career year last year I think he's the guy I, I don't know if it's going to happen you know on that fourth line centering Keegan Colasar and and Will Carrier but does Nick Waugh put together an engineer a really solid preseason and work his way higher up into the lineup? Or does does what he gives to you as a center iceman outweigh that and he gets more power play time? Like There are avenues to get more out of Nick Waugh, and I think if he continues to have preseason games like he had last night, he's going to break down those doors to be utilized more. He's got to do something really special to knock down those doors. Yeah. Because I just when you talk about center ice – Opportunities, who does he take the spot of? I, I don't think it's, he can do it as a center. It's really, really difficult. And then the, power play time, where's where's the opening on the power play without somebody being banged up and not being in the lineup? Like yeah. you, you've you've added the likes of a, a Phil Kessel yeah. uh, to to that role. Um, if there's anybody that would, would knock on the door of a power play situation, it'd be Brisson. We'll talk about him in, in a little bit. But I just don't. Uh, it's going to be Wah really challenging front, for Wa. Wa net front for me would be an interesting wrinkle to just see how it looks. But, you know, down the middle isn't going to happen mm-hmm. unless you make a decision to move Chandler Stevenson or another center yeah. ahead of him to the wing. And, you know, if, if the lines work the way that Bruce Cassidy kind of envisions them or, or fell into this situation where they could work, then... I don't know that the path for Nick Waugh would be down the middle, and I don't know if there's going to be enough for him on the wing to You've make that Howden impact. you got and Amadio, who yeah. are both in the wing on the third line, it, the way the lines shape up yeah. right now. They're centers as well. So do you move Waugh over to the wing and move <laughs> one of those guys back to center? I, and that's and that, your, but, but in fairness, when you're looking at it objectively, there's depth on this team. Yeah. This, this is not a bad thing for the Golden Knights that Nick Waugh might just be this team's fourth line center. Remember we were talking two and a half years ago defending like all the national media saying they need a number one center. They yeah. don't have a number one center. Yeah. Now there's an overabundance of, uh, of centers. So we're going to take a break, uh, come up, and set up our number two. You're going to hear a lot from Bruce Cassidy as well as Shea Theodore and Brendan Brisson about to make his National Hockey League preseason debut. We'll tell you all about it on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. At the top of the hour, you are going to hear from Shea Theodore, Brendan Brisson, 
Butch Cassidy, and we will also reveal the first blooper of the year. It's already happened, and it is spectacular. It's the VGK Insider Show live on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hour number two is coming up.